Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you're doing well. Staying safe and being healthy out there. On this episode of the podcast, we will be joined by Rhett Bollinger of the Los Angeles Angels. He's the beat writer for MLB.com. And, oh, man, (laughs) I'm trying to get through this open right now. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. If you guys don't know what's going on here. Let me just paint a picture for you. I, okay, so I have I have an interview coming up here with uh, with Rhett Bollinger. And <laughs> I walk into the house, and I am just overcome with a stench. I'm not even going to say a smell. It's a stench. I'm like, what happened in here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you guys ever walked into your house, and you just there's a smell that you don't know where it's coming from? Yeah, that, that's what just happened about five minutes ago. And it was rough. My sister, God bless her, she decided to cook some Brussels sprouts. And how, ma- how many of you are Brussels sprouts fans? I, I really, I, I can't. My, my eyes are burning right now. The smell is just terrible. I opened up the windows. It is not helping. It is not. Send help, please. Please send help. This is terrible. How do you eat those things? How do you eat Brussels sprouts? With something that smells that bad? I, I can't. I can't. I really don't. I really don't understand it. I mean, I like garlic. Some people don't like garlic. I like garlic. Garlic stinks. Fish. I like fish. Maybe, maybe some di- different types of fish smell differently, but I mean, I like fish for the most part. You know, shrimp and all that. What else? Cheese. Cheese stinks. What what else stinks? My God. Brussels sprouts. Never. I'll never never eat that. (laughs) It's terrible. So if you know of a way uh, to eat Brussels sprouts, let let me know. I'm going to ask Brett uh, right off the bat. (laughs) Right off the bat, I'm just going to ask him, hey, man, are you a a fan of Brussels sprouts? And if you are... Uh, how do you deal with the smell? I got, I got to know. I got to know, uh, people that consume Brussels sprouts. I need to know how you, how you do that, how you do that. But welcome back to the podcast, everybody. That's why I was laughing on the, on the, on the intro because man, if you could just smell it, like my eyes are burning right now. Is that strong? Am I being dramatic? Maybe, but you you know what I'm saying? Like my, my eyes are burning right now. <laughs> Like the window is open. I need to go walk over to the window right now, get a breath of fresh air because it is what one, it's warm in here. And then you add the smell of Brussels sprouts. This is <laughs> not good. It is not good. But let's try to get our, our minds off of Brussels sprouts here for a little bit. And let's talk some, some Angels baseball. We're going to talk with Rhett Bollinger uh, here coming up in a little bit. But spring training, spring training is back. Baseball is back. Yeah, baseball is back. Woo! I can't wait. Can't wait to uh, start seeing some some games finally. We got that coming up in about a week, maybe maybe 10 days. Can't wait, man. I think the Giants' uh, first first game is Sunday. I want to say everyone starts on Sunday, right? Is, is, that, is that the – I haven't looked at all the schedules, but they're, they're releasing schedules out there. Um, Arizona, actually, at Tempe uh, Diablo Stadium – 
They're opening up to 25% capacity for Angels games, so uh, it's expected to be approximately 1,800 to 12 uh, 2,000 fans per game at spring training. So, hey, Angels fans, head on down to Arizona. Check out some baseball, man, because it is starting up here. We're coming up quick on spring training, and I couldn't have been uh, more excited. I mean, the, the morning of you know, pitchers and catchers reporting. It should be a, a national holiday, right? I mean, we, we have to make it a national holiday. It is definitely a day that signifies, you know, the changing of the seasons, just hope that baseball is around the corner, spring training is around the corner. Uh, it's really exciting. And when I woke up, my phone was just buzzing with news from baseball. Like, I just, uh, yeah, I want to know what Bob Melvin had for lunch. Like, like you know what I mean? I want to know what's going on every minute of every day um, with all these beat writers and everything like that. Red Bollinger, uh, one of those guys. He, did, he didn't necessarily um, tweet out what, what you know, Bob Melvin had for lunch. But, he, you know, he's, he's letting us know what's going on uh, at Angels Camp. He's letting us know what's going on with Otani. He's letting us know what's going on with, with uh, all, all, their, all their pitching prospects down there. We're, we're going to get into all that coming up here uh, because the Angels, they're in an interesting situation. Right, I mean, they have pitching. Um, they have a pitching staff that that is young, unproven. They have some, you know, question marks on that. I mean, mainly their their question marks are are the pitching staff. So we have to find out uh, how they can compete if they can. I mean, their offense on paper should be pretty damn good. They got Rendon uh, last year was his first year. And uh, you always, I mean, anytime you got Mike Trout there, I mean, you, you got to love some Mike Trout. Um, they missed out on Trevor Bauer. That would have been a huge shot to the arm of that starting rotation. But they still got some good guys. And then Sohei Otani coming back, what the expectation is there. Um, it, it's, it's going to be a really interesting year for the Angels because I feel, honestly, and this isn't only because we're talking Angels, I feel that the Angels could actually make a push. Am I am I overstepping? Because the Astros, I mean, yes, the Astros are still the Astros, but they they lost. I mean, do they have still a, a decent starting rotation there? I, I don't even know who's who's on the starting rotation for the Astros. To be honest, I'd have to I'd, I'd have to look because I mean they have Zach Granke. I don't, I don't know who else do they have. Um, they they lost George Springer. He's over there in Toronto, and like. The Astros, the A's lost someone to Toronto in Marcus Simeon. But the A's also lost um, Liam Hendricks. You know, the, the, it's, it's going to be really interesting because I feel like the top dogs in the AL West didn't improve. If anything, they stayed the same or they got a little bit worse. So... I don't know if there was a year to where, you know, Otani comes in and he's the two-way player that he was advertised to be when he first came uh, came over. If he turns into that, if their starting rotation just goes lights out from the get-go. I mean, who, know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows how that, if Joel Dell uh, actually comes out of the gate on fire because last year was just atrocious in his rookie campaign. But again, it's a rookie. He's a rookie. It was a 60-game season. Come on. Like, what, what are we expecting from the guy? So, I mean, they got a lot of prospects. Who knows what's going to happen with the Angels? But we're going to get into all that uh, coming up here, talking to Rhett Bollinger, Los Angeles Angels beat writer, 
for MLB.com. Coming up next, you're listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Walter here for Passion for the Pastime, and we're going to get into the Los Angeles Angels, where they have a lot of questions going into this spring training. But to help me answer those questions, let's get right on into it. I have Los Angeles Angels beat writer for MLB.com, Rhett Bollinger. How you doing today, Rhett? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for stopping by. And, you know, are you, are you a fan of Brussels sprouts? That's my first question. Are, are you a fan of Brussels sprouts? Yeah, I, I don't mind Brussels sprouts as long as they're, you know, seasoned and, and, and kind of cooked a little bit more. I, I don't – yeah, when I was younger, I didn't like them. If they're, like, soggy and gross, no, but I like them if they're, if they're, if they're uh, done right. I, I guess my question is, because I just wanted to start with this, because I, I, I came into to my home studio, right, and my sister cooked some, and I just couldn't get over the smell. So how do you get over the smell when you're eating Brussels sprouts? That's true, yeah. Brussels sprouts and broccoli both have just awkward smells to them whenever you cook them. Uh, you just kind of get used to it and find better ways. Like I said, just to season or use some olive oil or something like that to kind of get some of the smell down. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you – that's why I don't really like them as much if you, like, um, just have them, like, kind of boiled or whatever you want to call it. or just I like them more sautéed just so you get that smell out of there. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to try that, man, because, whoo, it is it is a smell right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get through it. So uh, we'll keep we'll keep going here. But uh, how, how are you doing, man? Are you are you in L.A. or are you uh, in Arizona right now with spring training? Uh, I'm still in L.A. right now. I'll be out in Arizona in, in March once the games start. Right now the Angels are doing all their workouts, but we're not allowed to, to be in that area because of obviously COVID protocol. Right. So there wasn't really much of a reason to be there early as much as I'd love to be there. So I'll be out there kind of once the game starts, uh, going to some of the games in person. So what are the challenges for you as a beat writer, um, you know, going into this new 2020 season with all the protocols with COVID still being, um, you know, a, a thing? What, what are the challenges for you? I mean, personally, the hard thing is, you know, one of the big things of being a beat writer and doing this for, you know, a while now. It's only my third season with the Angels, but, I, you know, I've been on the beat, covered the Twins previously, I've done this for 10 years now, so. You know, the previous day in the spring training, it was a great time to kind of come in and, and really get to know the guys or even just, you know, the guys that you knew, be able to talk to them and get a feel for you know, the vibe of the team and, you know, how the offseason went, obviously. But, uh, you know, kind of just finding out things more about the team and uh, you, you just can talk to so many guys. The access usually in spring training is great. You can go in a clubhouse and talk to, you know, five to ten guys in one day if you really, you know, have enough time and enough, you know, things planned out correctly. You can talk to a lot of guys, find a lot of information out. Now it's more limited where, you know, it's going to be all via Zoom. So we'll have more of a schedule. Um, like, for example, today, it, we, we got Shoei Otani via Zoom. Um, and we got Dylan Bundy via Zoom, uh, which is great. But obviously, you know, you, you didn't get anybody else. And, for example, today, Otani threw a, a bullpen uh, session and he threw it to Kurt Suzuki. And if we would have been there in open clubhouse, we would have been able to talk to Kurt Suzuki about what he saw, too. But instead, we only kind of get one side of the story. So that's kind of the difficult part, I guess, is just not getting the, the full access um, that you're us- you usually would get. Right, yeah. You, you don't have the uh, flexibility to talk to other players. You're pretty much exactly. limited as far as what they give you, right? So, For the um, most part, yeah. Yeah, so that, that could be a real challenge. What about on the other side of it, like with, for the players uh, coming into spring training? I know a lot of them had to deal with – um, the, the protocols last year, but this year it's a little bit different. How do you think the players are, are adjusting to it? Yeah, it's still difficult, you know, for them. You know, they're getting more used to it because they did it last year. But obviously the daily intake and all that kind of stuff and, um, you know, making sure that they're COVID-free, 
with all the testing. But on top of that, you know, there's some pretty strict rules. You know, they can't really leave wherever they're staying in a sense that, you know, they can, I think they can do, they can do outdoor dining, but no indoor dining whatsoever, no bars, no, no groups of people in any setting of more than 10 people. So they, they have to keep it pretty low key in, in the spring and not really go out much. That's why they don't, you know, spread that around and get COVID. So, um, yeah, it's a sacrifice by the players and it's the same rule during the, you know, the season where they're going to start on the road. They're pretty much kind of like last year, pretty limited to the team hotel for the most part. Um, so yeah, that's a sacrifice and that's, you know, hands exactly too. So I, I think at some point the hope is maybe as things get better, more guys get vaccinated, those things be, you know, loosened up maybe later as the season goes on. But right now they're definitely under a lot of restrictions. Earlier you mentioned uh, Shohei Otani throwing a bullpen session. Uh, do you have a little bit more in-depth in as to how that went and what the expectation is? So is he is he set to pitch in 2021? Yeah, he's healthy right now. You know, last year he did return to two-way status. It didn't go very well You know, either way. I think the hard thing was for him to, not to make excuses, but kind of that quick ramp up to the season and all that. He's still coming off the, you know, the Tommy John and the you know, left knee surgery. He's never really got going, never got his command at all in the, in the, in the, you know, kind of that secondary camp or whatever you want to call it, the summer camp. And then once the season started, he just couldn't find the plate at all. Sure enough, his elbow and form started barking at him a little bit. So they shut him down. Uh, he still hit, but it just seemed like his confidence was kind of shot. So the good news is, is that he had a full off season of being healthy. Uh, threw his bullpen today, pretty free and easy. Uh, didn't do full max effort, but he started on 90 miles per hour. And they're kind of formulating the plan, but it sounds like they're going to be pretty aggressive. He's going to he's going to be starting pitcher again, and in DH, you know, as often as possible. So uh, they're going to be aggressive. We'll see that the biggest key is going to be his health, um, like always with him. But you know, it's, it's a big wild card. If they can get him healthy and productive both ways, that's a huge, huge thing for the Angels. Now, when you look at Shohei Otani, is is he more effective as a pitcher or a hitter, in your opinion? It's a good question. I, I think he has more upside as a pitcher just because he can have ace type stuff and strikeouts. You know, the splitter, you know, that first year, you know, his rookie year, he was a great pitcher. Um, as a hitter, he's also, you know, a really good hitter too. He's got a lot of power, but he's kind of limited to a DH role. Um, there's still talk, you know, the question would be is, I do think if he gets hurt, he'll get he'll move over to position player full-time. Um, they've already worked him out, like in right field, first base couple spots like that just to kind of get him you know more familiar positionally he, he did play some right field in japan um so they're trying to get him to be a little bit better of a defender too just in case but i think it's probably higher upside as like an ace type pitcher but just the injuries happen when he's pitching more so than when he's obviously playing on offense yeah it's going to be interesting to follow that uh that that storyline with the show yotani to see what he could do but yeah so you think he's better as a pitcher sticking sticking with the the pitching side of things. I mean, uh, there's been the the storylines of Mickey Calloway, obviously, with the suspension, um, the investigation ongoing. Who, who's going to serve as the pitching coach uh, going into the season now? So what they're doing is they're promoting uh, from within. Matt Wise uh, is okay. their, was their bullpen coach, and now he's going to be their um, pitching coach, at least in the interim. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure at the end of the suspension, I'm sure that Cali probably will be dismissed. But, but either way, for now, Wise is, is the um, is the pitching coach, and then Dom Cheedy they brought in from the Braves, who came along with the new GM Perry Benazian. They uh, 
he, he was the bullpen coach and a couple other teams, including the Indians, and he's the new bullpen coach. So that, that's kind of the way they're doing it for now. Within for one move, and then they brought a guy in from the Braves for the other move. How much of an impact is that going to have on the starting rotation um, with with that whole situation, and just you know, with, with the starting rotation that the A or the, the, the Angels have going into the start of the season? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, good for sure. I mean, he, you know, that they brought him in and with highly regarded as a pitching coach with the Indians, and um, last year they started working on throwing some more strikes. Seemed like the pitching kind of got better as the season went on. But you know, the nice thing is Matt Wise is a you know a very competent guy as well. And knows kind of what they was doing, and obviously can have his own take on things too, and understands analytics and all that. So you never really know exactly, you know, how much it'll affect it. But um, I, I do think at least they had a good candidate from within, and a guy that knew a lot of stuff already. And and I think it, Matt had been with the organization for fifteen years, so yeah, it was a, it was a good hire to at least have somebody already kind of ready for that for that role, which was good. We're talking with beat writer of the Los Angeles Angels for MLB.com, Rhett Bollinger. Now, Rhett, uh, let's let's go over to the offensive side of things. We kind of talked a little bit about Otani. Uh, you mentioned first base. You mentioned the DH. Obviously, Albert Pujols getting into the last year of his contract. Is this going to be it for Albert? It's a good question. I mean, uh, it's going to time will tell, I guess, to see how he does this year. I think it'll be it for Albert with the Angels. I mean, I think if he does play beyond the season, it wouldn't be with the Angels. I think at that point, they're probably ready to move on. Um, you know, it's been a 10-year ten, ten, ten contract, last year of it. Um, it's too bad for his own sake that the you know, last year was shortened the way that it was. It really cost him a real chance at maybe getting that, uh, you know, 700 home runs. Mm-hmm. It just seems pretty unlikely at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to his credit, though, the last two seasons, he made it through both seasons completely healthy and never had any lingering issues, um, you know, injury wise after a lot of injury filled, you know, seasons. So to his credit, you know, the guy is in his forties, you know, is, is staying healthy. Um, it's just a matter of being productive and, you know, he can still run, his, you know, still has some power. Uh, it still does well in RBI situations. It kind of bears down. It seems like, um, but you know, otherwise this is that last year. And I think it'll be good for the angels to kind of get past that contract in terms of, building for the future and finding ways to improve their pitching staff. Um, but yeah, it'll be up to, you know, we'll see how he does this year and be healthy, but he does. Maybe there's a chance that, you know, he'll come back next year with some other team, but uh, I wouldn't think it'd be the angels. Yeah. It, it was a massive contract too, for Albert Pujols. And the reason why I bring that up is because yesterday, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Got that huge, massive extension, 14 years. And I just kind of want to get your perspective uh, covering the Angels, you just had Mike Trout get that massive extension. You just uh, finished up with Albert Pujols. How good of a deal is that necessarily for the club? I know it, it looks better for the players um, because, I mean, you get all that guaranteed money and, and you're locked in, right? But how does that handcuff a team as far as improving everything else around that player? Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, but, I mean, if you're a star player, my opinion is, you know, you got to build around those star players and pay them what they're worth. Um, and I think in Tatis' situation, you know, being only 22 years old, you know, they're open, you know, they're betting on the fact that he's going to obviously get better and better as he goes along. I mean, with Albert Pools, you know, he didn't get that contract until he was 31 years old, you know. So it was 10 years when he was already in his 30s. It's a little different than when you give to somebody who's in their early 20s. You know, Trout got his big one uh, when he was 27. So kind of still more in his prime, too but does cover most of his 30s. For all of his 30s, actually, I think he goes right until he's 40. Um, and then even with the Angels signing Rendon last year for seven years, uh, they're not afraid to do those big contracts. 
So to me, they're fine as long as you can obviously build around those kind of guys. Um, and it's different, I guess, for different markets, you know, and what kind of spending they want to do. I mean, it seems like the Padres now do kind of want to get deep in the deeper end of it in terms of their payroll. And uh, it's, it's going to matter, can they stay there, of course? So they've already put out big contracts, you know, to Machado and Hosmer, too. Um, you know, a lot of it's based on how much revenue you can generate as a team, what's your comfortable spending. And TV contracts play a, a big role in that as well. Uh, you know, I covered the Minnesota Twins for a long time, and people kind of blamed Joe Maurer and his contract for their woes for a long time. But really, it wasn't really Joe's fault that they just couldn't develop pitching from within. I mean, and even if they you know, didn't have Joe's contract, they whatever pitching they would have found free agent wise wouldn't have made up for the you know wouldn't have made up for the fact what they needed. So to me, it's just as long as the guys produce and they're star players the way that they are, I think it's it's fine. And in Tatis's case, I think with him being as young as he is, um, I think the Padres will be fine with that deal. I think Tatis even kind of left money on the table. We'll see. But I mean, at 14 years also, it's just a crazy amount of time to think about and how much different contracts will look by then. And um, so, yeah, it was a crazy movie, right? So definitely the players like the comfort of the, you know, knowing they have a guaranteed deal and lock in all that money, especially if you can get, you know, get hurt, whatever. But yeah, it's definitely very interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, and and the the key there because every every situation is different, right? Every team's different. Yeah. And with the Padres, I mean Fernando Tatis, he's going to be that anchor, and they have a really good farm system right now as far as like arms go. Uh, we'll see how that all kind of you know uh, pans out over the next couple of years. But with the the Angels, I mean they have deep pockets, I would say, um, but they are developing talent. Who who are the top prospects to keep an eye on? in this uh, 2021 as the start of the spring training is is underway? So the big ones are in the outfield. They're kind of close to being ready. And Joe Adele, who we saw a little bit last year, had a rough you know, rookie year, uh, but really highly regarded. And then Brandon Marsh, who's kind of a do-everything kind of center fielder type, but incredibly athletic, you know, but with power too. And, and it's kind of similar. I mean, Joe's similar too, just kind of guys that are, that are fast but also have power. Uh, really good defender. Both those guys are similar profiles in that sense. And then pitching wise, uh, the last year they took their first round draft pick on Reed Detmers, a lefty from the University of Louisville that had a really good year at the alt site and is a guy they really like and could even make his debut this season. And Chris Rodriguez is another guy they really like that um, has had some back problems. He's been pretty much hurt the last, uh, you know, other than last year he did pitch in the alt site, but he he been hurt for the last three years or so. But he's healthy now. Um, one of the better pitching, or better pitching prospects. Um, so yeah, there's you know not as many guys that have a chance to make the team this year right out of camp, outside of the Rule Five um, draft. Jose Rivera from the Astros, hard throwing right hander. Um, so a lot of guys are kind of getting close, but probably not likely to make the the roster to start off the season. And w- when you look at the uh, the the prospects with with Joe Adele. Um, you know, he had a really rough start to last year. Is, is he progressing? Did he do anything over the, the off season to uh, really, you know, m- make people excited for 2021? Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that really has all the, you know, he has, you know, the five tools. He's, he's got it all put it together in the major leagues. In the minors, he had some great seasons. You know, last year I think it was tough because he didn't really get a chance to get seasoning at AAA. Um, it would have helped him, I think, to kind of get more experience there. But with the way the season worked out, he wasn't able to do that. So that's why this year they wanted to make sure that he went to AAA to start the year. So they got you know Dexter Fowler in a trade and uh, signed John Jay to a minor league deal. 
Um, but the good thing is, if you look at some of the underlying stats, especially offensively, like exit velocity and like hard hit percentage and all that stuff, they were like they were way up there. So I mean, the guy can really make hard contact. Now it's just about kind of you know refining that and obviously getting better you know contact skills in terms of you know less swing and miss. Um, and then defensively, you know, it was it was a, it was definitely a mess out there. But like I said, he has all the tools. He's a really athletic guy. He's got a good arm. Um, you know, has made great defensive plays in the past. Just a matter of kind of putting that together. Some time in AAA this year. Well, I think we'll see him later this season, and he'll be a lot better. One more question for for you, Rhett. Uh, when we look at the AL West, um, what are the real expectations for the Angels going into the season? And is there an opportunity for them? to uh to make a push for that division this year they're definitely trying for it I and mean, they'd love to do that they haven't been in the playoffs since 2014 but it's gonna be tough you know that the astros are still really good and in the a's too and the a's have really fortified their bullpen in the last few days um that's really going to be a, a big key for for oakland um i think before oakland made those moves and it's a little bit more vulnerable having lost liam hendricks and you know marcus simeon but when they you know traded you know, for Andrews and then filled in their bullpen pretty well. I think that really helped their cause. And like I said, the Astros are still pretty tough too. So I think the Angels are probably more realistically just kind of going to be in that mix um, for the wild card and maybe may be up near the division two. That's, you know, potential, but I, I think they're more of a team that might be a mid eighties win team that maybe sticks into the high nineties or low, you know, sorry, high eighties or low nineties and sticks in the playoffs. But, they're not exactly, you know, they don't have enough depth or enough pitching to really be a true, true contender, but I still think they could potentially be a, a postseason team. All right, well, there you go. There you have it. Rhett, thank you for coming by, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy going down to Arizona, and we made it through the the Brussels sprouts incident, so <laughs> we're all <laughs> good here, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> all right, have a good one. Thanks so much. And again, that was Rhett Bollinger, beat writer for the Los Angeles Angels for MLB.com. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter at Rhett Bollinger to get your information on the Angels all spring training long, all season long. Find out how Otani is doing in those bullpen sessions and how effective he's going to be on the mound and at the plate. And also Joe Adele, Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, Rendon, the star-studded cast of the Los Angeles Angels. You're not going to want to miss anything. Give this man a follow, Rhett Bollinger, at Rhett Bollinger on Twitter. So you guys, have a good one. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. And next week, we'll be diving into a little bit of the AL East. We'll be talking Orioles baseball, and we'll be talking Yankees baseball next week. So stay tuned. Spring training is upon us. We are getting everything underway. I hope you guys are ready. I hope you guys are excited because I am as well. So you guys have a good one, be safe, and I will talk to you next time.